The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio. From the Global News Radio studios in Toronto, with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers, here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, good morning, my friends, and welcome to the show, Hi-Fi Radio. I am Wolfgang Klein, Portfolio Manager, Jack Hartle. Portfolio Manager. Yes, we are partners in helping you build wealth. Oh, it's an exciting time. It really is. Uh, amidst all of this COVID carnage, the market has absolutely been resilient. A historic bounce off the lows, uh, both sides of the border. Basically, a record recovery. Who would have thought? Continues to remind me of that little saying, and I'm going to keep repeating it. A portfolio is like a bar of soap. The more you touch it, the smaller it gets. The name of the game, from my perspective, and Jack's, buy good businesses and hang on to them. Uh, Rob Young, Managing Director, Technology with Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. A pleasure to have you on the show, Rob. You're covering so many exciting uh, topics, sectors, themes. Uh, It's a delight to have you join us uh, this morning. How are you, Rob? Good morning. Great to be here. I'm feeling great. Um, let's start with Shopify. Um, that company is a iconic Canadian success story uh, for the year 2020. Um, arming the rebels. What does mm-hmm. Shopify mean by that? Well, uh, they're arming the rebels against Amazon. I think it's a bit of a Star Wars reference, you know, going after the evil empire. And uh, so if you are a company, let's take a random one like Birkenstocks, if you sell sandals and uh, you want to sell on Amazon, Amazon takes your data, it takes your customer relationships, it looks at your product, it copies it. It's not always the best partner. Shopify is uh, uniquely Canadian in that it sort of sits in the background and it just helps it. um you know, it's customers who are the merchants and the startups and the small businesses that are trying to fight against Amazon. So if you're trying to decide and you're going to go on to Amazon and sell there and take all of the uh, the risk, or do I go and use Shopify, who's going to give me most of the benefits and uh, soon a lot more of the benefits as they roll out their fulfillment network, um, they're uh, arming the rebels. You know, without question, it, it, it is a empowering story. Uh, it truly is empowering the little guy. Um, and that's exactly what we need during a uh, pandemic. Uh, the resilience and the creativity uh, brews in people's minds as they say, oh, hey, I got an idea. And, and Shopify truly is a remarkable turnkey uh, solution uh, for e-commerce uh, small businesses. How easy yeah. is it? Um, uh, I, you know, I'm up in my cottage, and all of a sudden, I decide to manufacture the latest and greatest uh, digital widget, um, and I want to take it to market. Uh, how, how quickly can I uh, turn around with Shopify and, and, and ship product? I think you can probably manage that in the, this afternoon. Um, you know, it's just a matter of finding the product. But um, Shopify has a lot of tools. And uh, it is extremely simple. 
And so uh, a layman who doesn't understand, uh, you know, how to code a website and such, you know, they can get up and running on Shopify, certainly in a couple of days. Uh, there are large companies that uh, go through their, uh, their Shopify Plus channel and they can get up and running much faster than alternatives and you know that's part of the magic uh, because it's really hard to make complexity simple it's really hard to take something like you look think of google right you open up the web page it's one bar you put in a word you get search results it's but behind that is enormous complexity it's the same with shopify it just it really abstracts enormous complexity for the person that doesn't understand the technology so you can get up and running fast well, that really is a key to it all, isn't it? Um, let's speak briefly about valuation with Shopify. Uh, whenever a Canadian company um, butts up against the valuation of the Royal Bank, uh, historically, it's been the kiss of death. Uh, yeah. uh, Blackberry, Nortel, um, and now Shopify. Uh, who? Valiant. Valiant get to that level as Valiant Pharmaceutical got to the level of Royal Bank as well. Oh, my. Uh, so here we are with Shopify. Um, is it worth the valuation it trades at? Is it that disruptive and is its market large enough uh, to, to, to warrant a $126 billion valuation? Yeah, I mean, if you look at it in terms of uh, relative valuation, it trades at a high multiple, you know, 35 times next year's revenues. Um, what's got investors captivated right now is that You've got this incredible growth in e-commerce. You know, uh, the stats uh, that I've seen from uh, the U.S. are that, you know, e-commerce is somewhere around 16% of total retail, significantly lower here in Canada, but in the U.S., 16%. And there's, you know, lots of estimates of where that has gone in the last couple of months while we've been locked in our homes, and uh, it's significant. And so where Shopify had been in a slow erosion of its growth rate. So it's decelerating just with size, which is normal. Big companies decelerate as they get bigger and bigger. Some of the estimates actually started to show some reacceleration on the back of, you know, e the e-commerce. And so, I mean, the, the stock uh, valuation is, you know, admittedly high, um, but in an, environment like we're in now where you can choose to get a u.s treasury bond for you know less than one percent return which is effectively you know a 200 times earning multiple or i can look at a company like shopify that's reinvesting everything back into its business to grow 30 percent 40 percent and that's worth a lot right now so yeah, no, no, that, that valuation makes sense. Yeah, no, aggressive, aggressive growth rate. Um, look, we're just going to run to commercial break, pay some bills around here. It helps keep the lights on. And, of course, get Jack and I uh, into the studio each and every week uh, to share with you our latest and hopefully greatest uh, money ideas. It's a show about money. It's called Hi-Fi Radio. Uh, host Wolfgang Klein, delight to have Robert Young, Managing Director from Canaccord, share with us uh, his tech-savvy uh, investment ideas. Jack Hartle, of course partner in it all uh more show please stay tuned right after this let's take a break but after wolf and jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money you're listening to hi-fi radio from global news radio 640 toronto after a waiting for 
little mind worm for you today. The Pet Shop Boys, uh, we're talking Shopify. Rob Young, tech analyst, mechanical ingenuity is on the line with us. Shopify, almost the valuation of the Royal Bank. And we got to drop the music. There we go. Uh, indeed. Uh, Rob, I want to speak with yeah. you. Uh, there was an announcement this week um, that Shopify has uh, engaged in a partnership with what some others would call an evil company, as you uh, referenced the word evil um, towards Amazon. Uh, and I recently heard uh, a portfolio manager refer to Facebook as evil. Um, partnership with Walmart. Uh, what, uh, what, what comes of that uh, headline? Well, Walmart is uh, locked in competition with Amazon uh, because uh, retail is going online. They bought a company called Jet, it, you know, that didn't work out for them as well as it could have. Um, now they're looking at other ways to be competitive, and one of them is to pull small-medium businesses that are selling through Shopify into the Walmart online store, their marketplace. So it's, you know, it's an example of giving access to different channels, which is one of the things that Shopify does really well. The, they don't own the customer. They just give access there's many different places where people are looking to buy things, right? And so Walmart is another channel for Shopify. Good, so, so, good announcement for Shopify. Well, so, so how many different silos uh, and opportunities um, have you been presented uh, in Shopify's business plan? Oh, well, I mean, it's really anywhere where commerce is going to go. So what Shopify wants to do is it wants to open up every channel, whether you're selling on Instagram, you know, selling on the Walmart marketplace, even selling in the Amazon marketplace. You know, if you are going to walk into a store, uh, Shopify will provide merchants their POS system, the, 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 the uh, point of sale uh, equipment. And so really what Shopify is doing is trying to help small, medium business sell anywhere where it's possible to sell. I mean, in the future, we may be strapping on virtual reality goggles to walk around the mall because we don't want to get sick. And we may be buying things in virtual reality by pointing at, you know, I like those shoes. Let me buy those. And maybe Shopify in the future will enable that type of workflow. I mean, the future of commerce, we don't know, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that Shopify will be there and they'll be enabling small, medium business to be bigger than, you know, access, you know, bigger things than they can on their own. Well, that's good, Rob. Let's move on to 5G, uh, something Jack and I have been very, very focused on and, and, and very much forward to uh, the rollout of 5G. Um, what, what parts are, are you paying attention to in the 5G network? And truly, what do we have to look forward to on a global basis with technology rollout? Right. So, I mean, 5G, uh, the big companies that are attached to that are going to be companies like Ericsson, Nokia, Cisco, all of the, the companies that provide the, uh, the back-end infrastructure. 5G is a new wireless channel that's going to be faster, lower latency. It's just the, the next generation. I would say that that's likely taking a bit of a back seat. There's some um, spectrum allocations in in Europe that have been delayed. I think that you know companies and, and carriers are a little more focused on bolting down and hardening their existing networks, given the you know all of the pressures that are on the network now from people working at home on their VPNs, doing Zoom calls all the time, watching Netflix nonstop. So 
playing video games, all of that stuff. And so I think 5G moves out a little bit, but it's still a massive opportunity because it is a global investment um, driver. Um, and so still bullish on it. I think it's a little bit later. In, can, in Canadian terms, there's not a lot of ways to play it. There's big companies like CGI and, and uh, small companies like Baylin or Optiva, which are on the fringes, but there aren't really dedicated, uh, you know, pure play uh, ways to play 5G easily in Canada. Well, again, Jack, you and I are speaking with Jack Dorsheimer um, and around a couple of our 5G ideas, um, i.e. driverless vehicles, um, backup generators for the cell network. Um, What what questions do you have for, for our good friend Rob? So, Rob, with the, the 5G network getting built out, where, what are the best um, plays for it? What are the best companies that you would look at globally? Because like you said, for Canadian investors, a lot of the time it's very difficult to get tech companies uh, in very um, new and forward-looking spaces. You talk about Shopify being a, uh, an exceptional company, but there are very few um, you know, leading-edge technology companies in Canada uh, that have global footprint. So how would you play the 5G uh, rollout? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of large tech companies that are going to benefit from it. You look at the semiconductor cycle, there's going to be a lot of, you know, a a lot more antennas because the 5G network has, um, you know, higher frequencies. And so the signal doesn't travel so far. And so because of that, you need to have more base stations. So more antennas, that means more chips. And so you can look at companies like Broadcom and, you can look at um, processor companies uh, like Qualcomm. Uh, then, you know, the, uh, the infrastructure players. There's a lot of politics around that right now with Huawei. But, you know, the three big players there would be Huawei, Ericsson, and Nokia. Uh, Ericsson, Nokia would be a way to play. Um, you know, you have to be very tactical in Canada. I mean, there's a couple of small companies. I hired the one, Baylin, um, which does antennas for um, not just 5G, all types of wireless. They're a little having some ish, some troubles right now, but you know the longer term opportunity for 5G is pretty strong for them. So that's one. Um, in general, I'd say it's a little bit tough to uh, to find pure plays in Canada. Right. We're talking. We're talking tech. We're talking on Hi-Fi Radio. It's a show about money, and of course we got to keep the lights on. So look, we're going to hear from our sponsors and uh, get right back with Rob Young, Managing Director for Technology, Jack Hurdle helping us with the cause each and every week. It's a show about money. It's a show we put together for you. Stay tuned and hopefully you will have more money. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Well, good morning to you and welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show, depending on if you were a early birdie getting up at 7 o'clock to listen to Jack and I help you have more money. You know something? Your brain is more alert in the morning, I find. Certainly mine is. And as such, uh, if you want to have a really sharp mind and have a sharp bank account, you, know, make a, you wake up a little earlier than each and every weekend morning and uh, join Jack and I. It's an absolute treat and pleasure to be here with you each and every week. And uh, we look for some of the finest guests and brightest minds on Bay Street and Wall Street and share with you their ideas. Today's light is Rob Young. He's a managing director, technology with Canaccord Genuity. Um, 
Rob has his mind in many different uh, facets of the world of technology. We're talking semiconductors. We're speaking about Shopify. We're talking 5G. But uh, there's no discussion when it comes to technology that we can avoid the topic of COVID-19 because technology has allowed Jack and I to continue to and seamlessly service our clients' financial need. It's absolutely remarkable, Rob, uh, how far we have come. In my career uh, on Bay Street, that is now just about to uh, reach 20 years. Uh, What I can do today with technology, I definitely could not do 20 years ago. So massively helpful. So uh, how has COVID-19 affected um, your focus area, um, opportunities, risks, bumps in the road, Share with us uh, your thoughts. Sure. I mean, well, the technology, I mean, is doing well amongst this global pandemic. That's the short answer. I mean, if you think of all of the things that are happening now, there's trends, you know, that probably might have bubbled up over the next 10 years. They're being pulled in and happening a lot quicker. Being like people working from home, remote access, remote work, e-commerce. We touched on that before. I mean, e-health, the idea that people are going to continue to go to a hospital where everybody is sick seems like a bad model for the future when we can connect with uh, people over the Internet, connect with a doctor of the Internet. It's going to push all angles of cloud. Payments are going to move forward because people aren't going to want to be exchanging, you know, dirty bills and touching each other. Streaming, we know, is going well because everyone's at home watching video Video games is another great. So there's just a ton of areas inside of the tech sector that are benefiting. I mean, if you think there's a lot of large U.S. names like Microsoft that are attached to multiple of those, Google, Apple, and that's why those stocks are doing really well. They also have really good balance sheet, lots of cash. There's no doubt that they're not going to make it to the other side. And so, you know, these are strong companies that are going to get stronger. And so the, the tech sector has done well on this. And you know, in the ones that we like in Canada, there's three of them. Um, Canaxis, tickers KXS, Docebo, tickers DCBO. And we like Real Matters, tickers REAL. Um, Canaxis is another one, very high valuation, but is very clearly benefiting from the disruption and supply chain uh, that we're seeing from COVID-19. They give large companies that use them like Qualcomm, Procter and Gamble, Unilever, a lot of very large. We've got 200 very large customers, and they use the software to deal with the volatility in the supply chain in real time. Let me, let me you know, Rob. Let me jump in there again. Uh, boots on the ground. Here I am in Minden, Ontario, uh, producing this radio show with you. And I want to thank Rob Young for joining us, Managing Director, Canaccord Genuity, covering the tech space. If you've just joined us. Um, here I am in Minden, Ontario, well-connected, um, able to do my job, but I have myself a Bombardier 400 Outlander ATV. I have a 100-acre farm, and I use the ATV to get around. It won't go into four-wheel drive, and as such, there's a malfunction. Uh, I spoke to a mechanic. Uh, most are jammed, packed, that you can't even get in. But I spoke to one, and he said, well, well, if you could drop the machine off, the problem is, I probably won't be able to get parts for you because of the border. It's not an essential mm. item, so very difficult to get parts. So your company can access. Are they able to aid the likes of our Bombardier uh, to find alternative uh, sources for uh, parts so that we can get back in the, in the bush? Yeah, it's a great, great example. There's two companies in Canada that would you know, help that. There's Descartes, 
and there's Canaxis. Canaxis helps Bombardier forecast how many parts it needs so it can do better inventory management. And Descartes helps on the logistics side to make sure that those parts are moving around inside the supply chain in the right way. So those are two companies that would be very, you know, that would absolutely help a company like Bombardier in that example. If you don't mind, let me, let me again jump in here. Uh, Descartes, uh, symbol DSG, a stock I have been watching for 10 years. Uh, mm-hmm. Always expensive. Uh, it's in the logistics business, continues to make tiny acquisitions so that it can simplify the movement of goods for businesses. Um, it's always expensive, Rob. What do you do with a stock like that? It's a high-quality Canadian company, uh, always trading at a premium multiple. Uh, just buy the stock and close your eyes or, or, or move on to the next question. What do you think? Well, I, I'm never one that's able to sort of buy the stock and close my eyes. Uh, but I would say, you know, Descartes is a, an example of a company that has had a long record of very strong execution. And so investors have given them a premium because they're so predictable, uh, because they don't have to worry about the, the stock messing up and, uh, you know, causing surprises. And so that's, you know, over time, given them garnered a, a premium valuation. I mean, it, the valuation in, in revenue multiple terms. It's nowhere near something like a Shopify. You think of something like, you know, 12 times revenue or, you know, 30 times uh, EBITDA. So, you know, high multiples, but not in the, uh, not in the range of something like a Shopify. Um, So very good, very high execution company that's really well tuned to what's going on right now. I guess you do get what you pay for, even on street, Wall Street. Uh, Rob, I got a few more tech stocks I want to bounce your way. What I like about Rob Young, Managing Director of Canaccord in the tech space, is his lenses are very broad and wide, and he's not afraid to answer questions. He's not necessarily the analyst of record, but still well-versed in the subject matter. So please uh, stay tuned. Rob Young, Managing Director, we're talking tech. Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. Jack Hartle. My partner and portfolio manager, of course, YOC, Wolfgang Klein. It's a delight to be with you. Please stay tuned. More show right after this. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Well, welcome back to the show about money. Hi-Fi Radio. Good morning to you. If you're just joining us, I'm Wolfgang Klein, host of the show. Truly, I'm a portfolio manager. This is a wonderful hobby, wonderful opportunity for me to think through some ideas with you, work with you live, sort of an unplugged acoustic version of what Jack and I do each and every day. Well, no longer on Bay Street, virtually, but it's just like being on Bay Street. Uh, just less congestion and lower social distancing to help flatten the curve. I will say the curve of the equity market, uh, the curve of the stock market is, or certainly has been, up. It is perhaps a new bull market. Uh, the NASDAQ, the tech-heavy NASDAQ, all-time highs. You have to pay attention to stuff like that. It's telling us something about the future. Technology is all about the future. Rob Young, uh, a cutting-edge young man, big brain, great ideas, and very entertaining as well. Delight to have you, our tech analyst at Canaccord. Um, DocuSign uh, is a stock that we have held, Jack and I, successfully. 
uh, I become concerned when uh, our competitors call a stock RocuSign, usually the sign of a top. Um, I know you don't have official coverage on DocuSign, but obviously you're very familiar with the company and with the moat the business has and the COVID-19 work-at-home theme. Uh, speak to DocuSign. Uh, what, what do you think? Is it going to go higher? Uh, or should Jack and I perhaps maybe peel back some of our profits? <laughs> so DocuSign, definitely, you know, a company that's benefiting from the pandemic because it allows you to sign documents without being there in person. So if you were, uh, you know, a lot of uh, businesses that wouldn't have been willing to use DocuSign in the past, all of a sudden, that's the only way to do it. If you're selling, if you're selling a home and you've got to close the home, but you can't get together to, for a signing, then you're going to be more willing to, you know, adopt DocuSign. So that's driving a lot of growth. I mean, 30% type of growth, very high level of growth, valuations high, you know, it's, you know, 20, 25 times revenue. And so, uh, you know, I would say that this is one of, similar to Shopify, you've got a momentum stock here. Uh, the, you know, I think you've said this before, the trend is your friend. The, uh, they're benefiting from this current thematic and in a, in a situation where all tech is continuing to expand valuation, I don't see there's a reason to get rid of it now. Yeah. Another name that Jack and I own is Avalara. And again, full disclosure, uh, DocuSign Avalara, Jack and I own in our growth portfolios. Uh, both names are working, thank goodness. Avalara is, again, it's a software stock. It's a cloud-based SaaS stock, software as a service, and it's all about tax collection. This is an incredible theme um, because as you do business online, Taxes are to be collected, and many companies are not properly collecting and remitting taxes. As governments spend infinitum, someone's going to have to pay the price. And my good friends, I hope it's you and I, because, well, if it is, that means you have some money. Um, but it's, it's a bittersweet, isn't it? Yes, with the amount, with the growing debt, more taxes. Governments are going to be more inclined to go after the business owner who's supposed to be their tax collector, Avalara. Uh, is looking for an international footprint. Uh, speak to that stock. Richard Davis, of course, the, he's the one who tipped Jack and I off to the name. He's no longer with us. Great tech analyst that we lost. Uh, I mourn his loss, but we have you. I am very excited, Rob, to have you. So can you speak to Avalara? I know, again, you don't officially cover it, but you're familiar with the thematics behind it. Yeah, so, I mean, it's tax, which is boring, but it has to be done. Um, and so in the U.S., uh, recently, there's some tax changes around how you uh, pay e-commerce. Uh, if um, if you had bought something on eBay or Amazon over the last year, you would actually you would you'd notice that you all of a sudden were charged state tax, and so something has to figure that out. And so that's a long tail for Avalara, but just in general, a lot of you know um, boring behind the scenes tax calculation. They just had an analyst day. Um, and, you know, the, uh, I think that the view is that there's many years of 20 to 25 percent growth, which means that the, the current level of growth can continue. Um, it's another one that's, you know, trading at a high valuation, you know, somewhere around 20 times revenue um, on 2021 numbers. But, uh, you know, in, in relative terms, uh, you know, that 20 to 25 percent growth, it puts you in a, in a pretty rarefied space as well uh, for, you know, a software business that's subscription driven. But, you know, the acceleration in e-commerce is probably the biggest, you know, driver. There's, you know, just broad cloud adoption, which is, which is pushing all of these things. 
and then um, you know the um, uh, the fact that you know good quality companies that orchestrate really complex you know functions like tax um, they uh, it's a natural fit for software right so. I want to move to, to one final area, and before I uh, let you go for the weekend, my good friend, um, let, let's talk about Square uh, digital payments software. Uh, again, up here in Minden, uh, I can't drop off anything other than regular household garbage. Uh, for They can't collect a tipping fee digitally just yet in this county. Uh, Square, of course, would be the obvious tool to use. Uh, so Minden, of course, if I have some old junk, I've got to hang on to it until they can get digital. But other landfill sites uh, in cottage country have adopted that technology so that you can tip them to 10 or 15 bucks to drop off a refrigerator or whatever they wish to charge you on that day. Um, now, but I want to say, so you have digital payments on the one side, which are expensive tech stocks, again. And then you've got these super-duper cheap banks both sides of the border with great balance sheets, paying juicy dividends. I have not seen the U.S. banks or Canadian banks this cheap and unloved in such a long time. Are the traditional banks going to be put out of business by technology? Or are they going to embrace it, adopt it, and dominate it? Well, banks don't move quick. <laughs> and they, uh, it costs them a lot of money to adopt new technology because they have a lot of legacy systems. They have a lot of bureaucratic processes. They've got a lot of, you know, headwinds from regulatory factors. And so, you know, small companies are able to dance around them and take advantage of trends that the banks can't. And so the question is, is how big are the trends and are they disruptive enough that they're going to disrupt the bank's business? Um, I mean, the banks in Canada, you know, it's, it's an oligarchy, oligarchy, I'd say, very powerful set. They control a lot of the, uh, you know, the access to funding in, in, in our country. And uh, so I wouldn't bet against them in the long run. I think they're, you know, very strong companies. Like you said, they're dividend paying. And so they're definitely something that investors like. But, you know, now more than ever, uh, fintech companies are being seen as challengers. And so I think in Canada, it's different than other places in the world. In the U.S., in the UK, people are somewhat more distrusting of their banks. I think here in Canada, we're a little more trust, put a little more trust in our banks. And, you know, the technology just works up here. I mean, you know, you pull out your, uh, your payment card and it works. You don't need, you know, to pull out your Apple Pay because the technology works. And so I think we're a little more willing to, you know, consolidate our uh, business around the banks. And so I think they'll stay stronger here in Canada than in other places in the world. But you know, fintech has never been stronger, for sure. And, you know, companies like Square are good examples. You're taking something that was a very strong business for the banks, payments, right? And they're basically turning it into software, and they're taking uh, chunks of that business that the banks would have controlled in the past. And they're just making it easier for the merchant to adopt because, you know, there's not a lengthy sign up. There's not a lot of bureaucracy. There's, you don't have to get an account. You just basically sign up with Square and you're off and ready and running. So, I mean, yeah, the banks just have to get a lot more nimble. Rob, I'll tell you, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Rob. I was going to wrap it back up here. But uh, I had the, my first experience with Square, believe it or not, up here in Minden, when I went to the home hardware store a few years ago, there was a chainsaw carving display taking place. And I bought myself the wizard, a pool uh, carving of, of a wizard out of wood with a chainsaw. And uh, I think it was three or $400. I didn't have cash. 
And they said, well, how, how can I pay you, gentlemen? This is no problem. Just give us your cell phone. We'll just tap it. And uh, bada-bing, bada-boom. Uh, uh, it was seamless. It was incredible. I was very, very impressed. And I asked the fellow what the software was. He told me it was a square. And, well, I ran back to Canaccord and did some research on that and bought the stock. Uh, so far, so good. Well, yeah, Rob Young, I want to thank you very kindly for joining us. Uh, you're brilliant. Uh, you're great to work with. It's a true pleasure to have you on the Wolf on Bay Street team. That's right. It's a team effort. And without guys like you, uh, we can offer the success that we provide to our clients. By the way, if you have any questions for Jack and I, WolfgangKlein.com. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio. Please stay tuned. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Well, welcome back to the show about money. It's Hi-Fi Radio. I'm Wolfgang Klein. Jack Hartle in for the cause. Uh, indeed, COVID-19 continues Market, I must say, has been quite resilient. What do people do with their money, eh? Once you make it, perhaps the Muskoka Cottage, tis the season, after all. I'm up here in Minden, cell connection, okay. Hopefully, Ma Bell can give me a little more connectivity as time unfolds, but I got to say, I am satisfied all in all with my ability to connect, but, you know, we want to get outside as well and play. Um, Developers, land... Uh, money, it's all together. Uh, we're talking with uh, Jim Brown. He's a partner with the Mazinga Group, uh, the North Division. Uh, Mazinga Group builds fine dwellings. Uh, Jim, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on our show. Um, I know you and Jack are good friends. And uh, as such, I said, Jack, why don't we bring a developer on? Because, you know, I, I know it's still business seems to be okay uh, in terms of shoveling the ground and uh, framing of structure. Uh, so, gentlemen, please uh, run with us. Yeah, I think the, uh, like you said, well, parts of the economy are doing quite well. And uh, right now, people aren't traveling over to Europe, what we can see, because of obviously flight restrictions and not being able to, to get out of the uh, get out of North America. So uh, they still have money to spend and uh, they're looking, you know, North and sort of staycation and it's significant amounts of money that people are spending on their cottages. So I would ask Jim, you know, uh, I was talking to him on the weekend and just saying, you know, how are things? And he's saying uh, they really haven't been, uh, he's basically at capacity. So, you know, they've been busier than they would ever ever expected. And the fact that, um, you know, people are spending on their cottages, um, hasn't slowed down at all. So, Jim, I'd just like to, to talk to you about that. And um, what are you seeing out there right now? And what's sort of the ideal cottage that uh, people are looking for for a, a property? Yeah, so uh, the, the industry up here is, is moving well uh, quite quite fast, uh, which was kind of un, uh, unexpected. Uh, the, uh, the market up here, the real estate market, is, uh, I think, having a little bit of trouble keeping the inventory. Uh, things are selling quickly. Uh, the turnover uh, is, is, is going quite quickly. So the real estate market is uh, strong, which in fact uh, rolls down to our industry, which is uh, obviously developing and building uh, custom homes. Um, we see the, uh, the, I call it the homesteader mentality. Um, if this COVID wave comes back, uh, I think people want to be prepared for this and they don't want to be in the city. 
So we see this influx of either new cottagers or existing cottagers that are building up their properties and, and, and creating that environment for the family to hunker down in. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's very positive right now. Um, the, uh, the, 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 the market is moving in a very fast pace right now. It always has in the past, but uh, we are very surprised to see where it's going right now. So with the people that you're, you're working with, are, are they doing renovations right now? Or are they basically saying, I'm buying a, a raw piece of land and I want to go out there and um, build a, uh, a second home uh, that I can live in if, if I have to you know, sort of exit the city and, and stay up there for an extended period of time? Combination. Um, we're seeing uh, a lot of new, new people come to cottage country um, just to, uh, to get out of the city. Um, so that would either be buying an existing and renovate it or buy a piece of land uh, with an existing tear down and build new. And then the existing cottagers up here seem to be uh, maxing out uh, their coverage on their lots. So um, within a 200 foot mark, you're only allowed X percent of coverage uh, on your property, which typically most cottages are maxed out on, but then beyond the 200 foot mark from the shoreline, uh, you have another um, X percentage of coverage you can have. So we're seeing a lot of garages with bunkies, uh, secondary uh, cottages, and even people buying out neighbors and stuff like that to build up their compound and, and put another cottage on it, which would share the, share the lot line. We're talking money, folks. Why not have some dreams? And perhaps if, if you've been thinking about cottage life and uh, COVID-19 wants you to leave the city and go north, uh, Jim Broman, he's with the Mazinga Group, uh, the North Division, building fine cottage dwellings for COVID-19. businesses booming. There certainly is a trend afoot. Uh, we're going to speak about cost and how much right after this on Hi-Fi Radio. Stay tuned. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi-Fi Radio, it is a show about money, and well, as you amass wealth at some point, perhaps you're going to want to spend some of it, and that is what it's all about. Don't forget charity, my good friends, uh, a lot of needy causes out there, homelessness on the one side of the spectrum is just exploding in our great city, a lot of homeless causes out there, please find it within your heart to help eradicate homelessness, and perhaps then you have enough that you can get that dream Cottage, after all. Uh, Jim Broman's on the line uh, with us. Uh, he is with the North Division Mazinga Corp. Uh, they develop fine homes. Uh, gentlemen, I want to share with you uh, what's taking place in uh, the Kwartha Lakes. It is certainly not the Muskokas, but uh, boy, things have changed here as well. Uh, I took a look at a lot a couple of days ago, something to do, take a little drive, look at a vacant lot on Kashagawigamog Lake. And it was a nice piece of land, but owned by a mortgage company as a developer. Once owned the land, uh, couldn't see it through. The mortgage company took over and is selling off the pieces. Um, the lot I looked at, it had about 500 feet of shoreline, but it was in a bay and it was not, it wasn't a straight shoreline. It was uh, with a point and the like. Um, $600,000 for the lot. But then HST on top of it because it was a, a builder's lot. So the $600,000 cost would cost you another what $70,000 in taxes plus another ten dollars or $12,000 in land transfer tax. Uh, so the lot basically was a $700,000 lot. 
The story then goes, the man beside me who just bought two lots for over a million put on a massive building, beautiful structure, but it was 5,500 square feet, spending over $600 a foot. If you do the math, it works out to about a $5 million cottage. I couldn't believe it, guys. Is this the new norm? And who has all this money, or are they in debt up to their eyeballs? Jim, speak to that, please. Yeah, so we're, we're obviously seeing trends uh, over the last decade increase in terms of per square foot uh, pricing. Um, we're seeing uh, prices anywhere from $400 a square foot all the way up to $1,200 a square foot. Um, the, the 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 average cottager up here does not want what the Joneses have down 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 the road. Um, everybody wants to be unique, have a different design. Um, it seems to be trending towards more of a complacent design, working with the shorelines, colors, not your typical bright white gables and white windows and all that kind of stuff. That's more Georgian Bay esque. Um, we love that. Uh, we love the modern integration of that. Um, in my mind, cottage country should should be just a you work with the, the, the shoreline. You want to blend in with it rather than stand out. Um, the costs are, are obviously be, being driven by uh, our dollar, um, limited trade uh, selection. Um, and obviously with COVID now, uh, things are fluctuating like lumber and stuff like that as well. Um, our solution to a lot of this is, is pre-construction. Uh, pre-construction is everything. The more you can plan out, the more you can draw, the more selections you can have picked out before shovel goes in the ground. It creates a lot of value uh, in terms of us trying to negotiate and bring people to the table that uh, uh, are not rushing or overcommitted. Um, if you just tune into the show, it is Hi-Fi Radio. We're just about to wrap it up, but we got the Jim Broman on the line. Uh, he's a builder uh, with Mazenga Group, uh, North Division, um, working, of course, in the wonderful area of Muskoka. Uh, so, so, Jim, t- tell me something. What is the range, finished, finished product, uh, that you have worked on uh, up in Muskoka? Low-end, complete build, high-end, complete build? Um. Just like I said about the square foot pricing, I think uh, low end is definitely around the 400 mark, um, and uh, high end is closer to the. I mean, the whole cottage, all in. Uh, what, what are people spending when they contact you from start to finish, the whole project? Uh, seeing the average is probably about 1.5 to 2 million, all the way up to 10 to 15 million. 10 to what? 10 to 15 million. So you 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 worked on 10 and 15 million. That was at Drake. Yes, not Drake. <laughs> um, just before we wrap up, Jack, uh, your, your buddy Jim, we've got a final question for him. Yeah, just one final question would be uh, with all this uh, COVID and uh, social distancing and that, um, how are you finding uh, the availability of trades? You touched on the fact that prices are going up. Are you able to get workers uh, to meet the demand? Because like you said, it's a very busy time, but uh, sometimes it's difficult to, uh, to, to get those trades to come out, and uh, especially if you're looking for a skilled one. Absolutely. There's definitely a, a logjam at the moment um, with uh, all the building permits being restricted now being released. Um, people are over committing, um, but uh, it's, it's definitely manageable. Like I said, pre-construction is everything to us. We want to ensure that we have a clear path ahead and we're, we're not going to just take a set of drawings and a permit and start tomorrow. We need to plan this out, buy out the project, be very proactive in that in, in within our systems to 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 manage these trades because it's definitely a shortage it was before and it's even more so now and and what was it the the from start to finish um you mentioned about permits are in sort of difficulty maybe getting them now what's uh what is the time frame for start to finish so if you buy a, a vacant piece of land right now 
uh, when can a cottager expect to sort of move into a uh, uh, their new place? Well, obviously uh, specific to the scope of work and size of it, um, yeah. you see ranges between 12 months and, and two years uh, and possibly longer. But uh, townships, depending on the township or municipality, uh, building permits are usually released within two weeks. And we're seeing it three weeks to a month now, which I think is still better than what the city's doing. But on average, it's 12 months to two years, depending on the scope. Well, my good friends, it is a show about money and you venture down the road about recreational property perhaps a cottage, uh, the all-in ticket, my friends, is beer. Of course, when you buy the cottage, you need the dock, you want the boat. It adds up. And, you know, it's funny. I was speaking with Jack a couple of days ago, and Jack was uh, just telling me that you can now finance a boat, almost like a house, a 20-year amortization schedule. I couldn't believe it. But you know something? Buyer be warned. Learn. It's all about money, and that's what Jack and I are here to do, help you have more of it. And keep it deep in your pocket and have short arms. Best bet, in my, in my opinion, my good friend. Uh, don't forget to share with others. Uh, homelessness is a crisis. I cannot stress this point enough. Any amount helps. And if you help a homeless person, you're helping all of society, and you're going to feel good, and you'll get yourself a tax refund. I like that as well. Uh, if you have any questions for Jack and I, please visit us at WolfgangKlein.com. Uh, we will respond to you. We will take care of you. We will hold your hand because we are here for you. I want to wish you all a great weekend. Uh, Jim Broman, Mazinga Corp, North Division. You do find work. Jack continuously speaks about the work you do. Uh, absolutely delightful. Congratulations. You have a great career and you do very fine work. Jack, I want to wish you a great weekend as well. Thank you for helping us out each and every week on Hi-Fi Radio, most importantly for managing your money. We're here for you. Have a good one. Listening to Hi Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.